Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined with Vegas Runner. Each and every week, we break down the big games for you. We're going to get things started with a Saturday NBA playoff game. It is the Boston Celtics at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Second round, baby. Second round, game one. Vegas runner, tell us what we got. Uh, here. We have a, a pretty high series price, number one. Cleveland's installed as a minus 400 favorite. I've seen even higher out there um, with a take back at around plus 360. So they're, they're a dominant favorite. In this one against the Celtics for a second round matchup. Uh, for game one at home, Cleveland opened up minus seven and a half with a total of 193. As of today, Cleveland's minus seven and the totals dropped down to 191 and a half. Now, the dip to seven could be a little words with, you know, we're hearing LeBron's not 100% again. Now it's the elbow they're complaining about, even as far as listed as probable. For Saturday, Um, he's going to play. He's totally fine. But whenever a big star like that, even here, he has a cold, you're going to see a little bit of an adjustment made just because of that. It's precaution, and and they got to do it to protect themselves. Uh, This is an interesting series to me, and uh, it really is. um, I'm going to actually have a free pick for you guys in this one. This will be my uh, free pick for this week. the Cavs and the Celtics both took care of business. Sure. But you, you had a situation where the Cavs were a number one seed playing a number eight seed that had to go to the final day of regulation. Just to get in. Just to get in. Okay. They took care of business four out of five. They played with was- heart, Chicago. I'll give them that. <laughs> if they had any type of experience and knew how to manage the game, I mean, I don't even think that the coaching was, was capable of managing the game correctly yet in that atmosphere. I think they, they might have been able to stretch it to six games, possibly. Chicago really only had one truly dominant performance yeah. in the five, and that was you know game four in Chicago after the Bulls took it to them in game three. Uh, it was like the wake-up call. But then once again... The Cavs returned home after just totally blowing out Cleveland, or excuse me, blowing out Chicago, returns back to Cleveland, and they had to go to a nail-biter win and by win by two. two. Win by two. Uh, you know, we actually had LeBron shoot a left-handed foul shot at the, at the end of the game because of the sore elbow. Uh, this is a situation that I've seen time and time again with the Cavs. They have a tendency to play to the level of the competition. And, and yeah, and when they're not hyped for a game, when you don't see them high-fiving and celebrating, they're not into it. It just seems like they think they have enough talent that all they have to do is show up and somehow down the stretch, as long as the game's close, they're going to pull it out. Even though they can't hit free throws to save their lives, they still believe somehow, some way, they have LeBron, the best player in basketball, and they're going to come away with the win. Well, 
again, I mean, look at the series. Which game did they have their best performance? The game after they the went bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. game that Chicago that outpl- that outplayed them, right, made right. them look bad, was beating them. I mean, Cleveland made a big run to make the game look sure, respectable. Sure. But they were getting blown out in Chicago yeah. in Game 3. Yeah. So they came with a purpose in Game 4, and they played for the first time a full four quarters of basketball. Yeah, and they win by 20-plus points. Easily. So. Now you've got the Celtics coming in. The Celtics took care of business. They won theirs in five the same way. And they pretty much had their own way with Miami. And... Other than the last game in that series, I was right, you know, pretty much right on with this series. I had big plays on the Celtics in the first two. And what I pointed out about the Celtics in the Miami matchup, and, and I'm going to bring it up here because I think Boston looks better than they really are. And what I pointed out was Miami came into the playoffs as the hottest team you know, yeah, and, and people were talking that like they really had a chance to to give Boston some problems, and I didn't see it transpire on the court well, at all. What, Even the I, game that they won, I mean, Boston yeah, could have swept this series. Right, being up three zero, yeah, fourth yeah. Game, you know, nobody likes to get swept on you know in their own home. Four. Yeah, but what I pointed out in game one and two, when all of the hype was on the Miami side, the way they came in, what people weren't looking at is down the stretch. And it's an oddity with so many teams making the playoffs. Miami played like nine straight games during that big winning streak against non-playoff teams. Yeah, I remember teams. You, you said that when we broke down the game last week. And that Yeah, they came in hot, but against absolutely it nobody. Was a, it was a counterfeit hot. And in, in the NBA, everybody but like the worst <laughs> makes, makes the, the playoffs. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Boston comes in here. Now the roles are reversed. Now it's Boston coming into this series. I know where this is, is, the, is leading. Is the team that looks like... You know, oh, they can give the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a big number. And I think that it's it's a just a misconception that Boston is as good as they looked against Miami simply because Miami wasn't as good as they looked coming in. I think Cleveland comes to play. Four hundred is a big price, and I never really justify laying any big numbers. But I don't want any part of Boston plus three sixty. Got no it. part of it all. If you're going to play the series, it is Chicago or it's Cleveland. Or I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, Cleveland. I don't see Boston having a chance in this series. And game one. With the line, I think the Cavs, because it is game one, and people are talking about the Celtics, you know, that they can upset Cleveland. I think you're going to see a performance from the Cavs similar to what you saw last week in Chicago. In so you, you, this is your official play. This is my official free play. You like a double-digit win. I'll tell you the truth. I, it, it makes perfect sense about what you're saying, how Boston's coming in looking like a, a, a much better team than they possibly may be. The only thing that, that troubles me about the Cavs is, A, they can't hit free throws, and number two, they depend too much on the three-pointer. And even though they're second in the NBA in three-point percentage, Boston's perimeter defense is one of the top in the NBA, so I think they're going to have to be able to do something else than just shoot from the outside. The only other thing I don't like about the Cavs is, LeBron is just too much of that team. As much as they keep bringing him extra pieces, when you look at the stats, the bottom line is he leads the team in everything except rebounds, and that's Varajal. And even there, he's close. But I mean, assists, 
points, steals. He, he leads. That guy leads in every category. Oh. So, I mean, if you could shut him down, which no one's been able to do, obviously, that's why he's the best player in, in the NBA, that you have a good chance of beating this team. With that said, I like the way game one sets up for you. And I think Boston might come in a little too happy, you know, like a little too satisfied with their chests out and Cleveland might have to slap them back in the well, reality. It is, I think it is the statement game. Now they've played four times this year and they split the four games. But what I found was interesting is they were bookends. Boston won the first meeting which happened to be opening night. Right. Now if you remember, you know, Cleveland a lot of hype coming in. Yeah, but yeah. I felt Cleveland was going to need some games to get the chemistry because they, you know, they had new players. You're bringing in Shaq to this team, and in game situation, even though you go through the sure, preseason, sure. I thought that was an advantage to Boston in that first game. The two middle games that were played in February and March, when the, everything, all the stakes were there, what, what matters? The right. matters. The two games in the middle of the season. Cleveland controlled both games, won both games, and then the fourth meeting the was late, one. Sure. late in the season. Cleveland had everything wrapped up and was resting players. So I think Cleveland is the better team. I like Cleveland Match here up game well. one. I, and really, uh, I don't lay 400 very often on any bets, but I'll I tell you what, I think it's, we talk about undervalue. I think the Cavs move on. Even at minus four. I agree. I mean, I'll tell you what, you know me. A lot of guys don't do it, but I'll lay 600. If I know I'm going to sit back and in a week I'm going to get 15, 10% on my money, Absolutely. paying me more than the bank is. Well, that's our first segment. Official free pick for me. Uh, we'll have Vegas runners in another segment. We'll be looking at the Lakers in Oklahoma City. Also, go to pregame.tv. You can see all of our videos there. Give us your prediction on this game. If you get the correct score right on the money, $100, pregame dollars to use however you want. And you can always download and listen at iTunes. Just search for pregame.com. You'll find all of our podcasts. That's going to wrap up uh, this segment. We'll be back with another big game preview. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is a big game preview. It doesn't get any ba- bigger excuse me, than the Lakers at Oklahoma City. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo. I'm joined, as always, by Vegas runner, VR, big game Friday night huge, in the NBA. Huge, And we said Oklahoma City does have the ability to make this a series. And if they do, how will this, you know, make the rest of the playoffs? You know, will the Lakers have, you know, give up so much to get past Oklahoma City that it'll make the rest of the playoffs difficult for the West. And that's what we're seeing. You see in the West, these series are going six games plus possibly out East. They've already established already some of the four and ones and that's it. Um, Getting to this game, you know Oklahoma City was going to come out the favorite the way they won at home and they did so for game six. They opened it up Oklahoma City minus two with a total of 195. Since then, no surprise, money's come in on the Lakers. Oklahoma City's now minus one, and the totals just dropped a half a point. Looking at the series price, the adjusted series price, Lakers are minus 760. 
plus 610 on the take back. So chances are not good for Oklahoma City to win this series. And as it looks, not even that great to force a game seven. Now, as a handicapper, when you break down a series like this, um, on game four, I was all over Oklahoma City. And it was a situation where, to me, in game three, they got the confidence. Yeah. They squeaked out a win, you know, but they won. Now, most people figured, okay, they were down 2 nothing. They got that first game at home. Lakers It'll be, are going to show up. It, Lakers will show up in game four. And I was on the totally opposite scenario there because, to me, they showed themselves that, yes, we now got our first playoff win since we moved to Oklahoma City. It's a young team, you know, break their maiden or break their cherry, however you want to term it. Once they got that first win, they had the confidence, and they just blew the Lakers out in game four. Yeah, they were having fun. Now, the flip side to that is they might have had too much fun, and now you've insulted the Lakers. They went back to L.A., Kobe and company, Took care of business. Where the, fir- on them. where the first two games were close. Oh, that game two is where I think they got their confidence. When even though they lost, they lost by you the know Lakers three had points. To, had to go right to yeah, the wire yeah. with that game. But now it's a whole new ball because yeah. you're down three two. So now you're on the brink of elimination. There's so pressure that there's you pressure. had never realized before being a new team in there. And all of that confidence that you had. After game four, the way you they, won. They took it right back. The Lakers took it right back. So it makes it tough as a handicapper when you break down a game like this because, let's face it, you've got veteran leadership. You've got a defending you know, world champion Lakers playing a young team that just learned how to win. Right. How will they react now with being painted into the corner, the lights on, the guns in their face. Well, how do they react? What do you think? Well, this is my free pick. And as far as the side, I'll be honest with you. I'm still working on the side, uh, trying to see historical data um, and how teams their first time around do in this game six situation after playing as well as they have. Um, you know, two or three out of these five games, they've played extremely well. But I think the edge is in the total. I really do. They brought it out. 195 and that's the second you know it, it was what the total was i believe for game three um after the the first one had gone under the second one went over then in game three they adjusted it up and it went over that total again i think by not bringing it back down now i think there's a lot of value in the under here's the reason usually it's game five that's that meaningful playoff atmosphere everyone's tight type of game I think for this series, game six is that tight game because the Lakers could finish them. Oklahoma City's in a position they've never been in before, and I don't think Phil Jackson's going to want to open this game up and give this Oklahoma City team hope and play a wild, wide-open game. I think the Lakers are going to approach this as let's systematically break them down because we're the more talented team, we're the better team, And let's just systematically run our offense, run the triangle, and just break them down and play good defense, make a couple stops, 
make them, them to make bed. them have to execute under pressure. Exactly. Not play a wild. Let's run and gun. Let's shoot some threes. You know, not that because you play that kind of ball. You know, the game could slip away from you at any time. But if you pull back the reins, you keep it under control. Right. You've been there and done that. You're not afraid of taking a last second shot. On the flip side, Oklahoma City has it. And like you said, let's put the pressure on them. Let's make them have to execute. Let's make them have to run a half-court offense against this strong defense and see if they could beat us that way. And because they didn't do that in games three and four, and we saw what Oklahoma City was able to do, make a festive occasion out of it. Right. When you're handicapping, and not just for this particular game and series, but for all of them, for me anyways, a series is in three parts. You have the first two games, you have the middle two games, and then you've got that, final, that yeah. final segment. And when you get to games five, six, and seven, handicapping changes when one of the teams is facing elimination. Once one team gets to three, yeah. it changes the, the landscape for the team. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. the team that's, you know, facing the elimination. Yeah, that's got their back because against the wall. You can play. It's easy to play knowing that there's a tomorrow. Yeah, you can't get even knocked you, out. Even if you yeah. lose today, there's still a tomorrow. But when there is no tomorrow, things become a you know the, the, all the of rims a little it's smaller. A little, yeah. Absolutely. And being a young club, this is where they're really gonna be tested. And that's why I think that it just makes sense to me. You know, following Phil Jackson, following how he runs the Lakers, it just makes sense to me that that's how he's going to try to win this game. Knowing what you said, worst case scenario, you got to come to L.A. And you ain't winning game seven in L.A. So I think he's going to be able to go in there and, and say, we don't have to run and gun with them. We could play our style of ball. And if they could beat us, let them beat us, play their style. But we're not going to Absolutely. fall into that trap. I believe that... If they play a fast pace, it benefits Oklahoma exactly. City because it gives them more possessions, more opportunities. Less pressure. You're, right. get, you're caught up you, in the moment. You can, you, make more, you can make more mistakes and, and get away with it. Right. Yeah. When you're playing a half-court game, every, every possession starts to matter. Right. Yeah. You shrink the game, and it puts the pressure on. So That's why I like the under. I, I, think, I, know, agree I, I think there's value. I, I thought anything higher than 192, I was going to look at the under. And here at 195, 194 and a half, that, that's just icing on the cake for me. And, That's the position I'm taking. And let's face it, anytime you've got a Laker game involved, you're going to get, there's always a, two things. There's a premium on the Lakers exactly. to begin with. And Vegas knows the public just put 100 people in a room, more people that know nothing about a game are going to take the over than the under. Sure. So now you got that added, you know, Lager, you know, the well, Lakers such a marquee, are there, yeah. marquee team, you're going to get more action. That's why I think they're so hesitant to adjust the numbers down on the totals with the Lakers. So you're you, right. You get you're right, especially you three straight overs they went. Right. You know, and they 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 flew over so I think it, it does give us some value now. Because, I mean, you look at that game one, it was 192 and a half. You know, now we're up to 195. And we saw last night with that Milwaukee game, the reason I went under in that game five was there was almost a six-point difference between game one and game five. Now, I know 
we might have seen some overs, but still, I don't think the odds makers were six points off right. when they created their total for these playoffs. Well, there you have it. You got VR's uh, official, official free, free pick, pick under, and he's nineteen and ten with his free picks. I'm twenty two and twelve. Quickly, we got to give away some of RJ's money. Oh boy, we always do coupon. It's worth $10, and it's Kentucky Derby Week, so we're going to make the coupon Derby10. Derby10, baby. All one word, Derby and the number 10. You'll get $10 off anything you purchase this week uh, in your shopping cart. Put it in there. You get 10 bucks. And if the price of the pick is $10, what happens? On the house. On RJ, and he doesn't like that, but... Drinks are on the house. Drinks are on the house. So go ahead and do that. Just enter that coupon code, Derby10, when you go to check out. You'll get $10 free dollars. This has been our big game preview, Lakers, Oklahoma City. Welcome to the continuing series of How to Bet in Handicap from Pregame.com. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined with Vegas Runner. We're going to discuss a topic today that betting big sporting events. Now, everybody bets, we know that, but there's certain times of the year that there are events that bring new people to the betting scene. Um, yeah, the real recreational guys. I mean, guys that bet and are into the forums and, you know, clients of ours, they bet regularly every day, even though some of them aren't professional and that's all they do to provide a living, they still wager every day, invest in the market every day. But you're right, there's those events, March Madness, Final Fours, World Series, Super Bowls, the bowl games on New Year's Day, that you get that influx of recreational bettors that are more or less event bettors. You know, like they're not even sure how to make a bet, a lot of them. But they want to bet the Super Bowl. They want to bet the championship game on it's, you know college it's some, basketball. It's something to do. Yeah. Uh, another one that it, Thanksgiving weekend. Of exactly. Football. They're home. They're home. The yeah. wives are out. Yeah. You the know, games doing are the stop and, and you got nonstop games sure, Thursday sure. right through Sunday. Now, what does all this mean? What does this matter to anybody? As professional sports bettors like you and myself, you know, we live here in Las Vegas. We make a living betting. And one of the keys to being a successful sports better is always getting the best of it. Now, that's a cliche. You always want to sure, get the best sure. of it. But it is, it is so true. And there's added value when you've got situations where the novice is making bets. Um, an example, if you have a Super Bowl game, um, somebody's going to bet the Super Bowl that probably has not bet a game all year. Sure. But it's the Super Bowl. They're going to be going to a party. They're going to be watching the game. They want to. They want to have that rush. Sure. They want to have some sure. juice. You know, get the get the. You sure. Know, get a rooting going. interest. Right. So, what do you do if you don't know anything about betting? Well, you're going to look at. The marquee players, maybe. You know, maybe it's a Brett Favre. Maybe it's a, a Peyton Manning. Oh, I've seen that guy on TV commercials a hundred times. And that's where their bet goes. And suddenly, you may have a game where a line is should be minus four, but because of public betting, the line is now five. Yeah, and I think that's when professional sports bettors, Marco, tend to 
feel that their edge is even greater. And I remember from back when I was moving steam, uh, we would call it, and I even wrote a newsletter about this, changing gears. And we'd say that to each other, uh-oh, big guy's changing gears. There would be those times, like you said, the day of New Year's with the bowl games, that Thanksgiving Thursday or Friday, Black Friday, where we knew we were maxing out every bet. And the reason was the handicappers believed their edge was even greater because that number now, that price now, is even based more, is even influenced more by public perception than ever before. So even though the idea of putting out a price is to try to balance the action, not balance the results, so there's going to be value a lot of times anyway, but when there's that public perception has to be weighed more, now, all of a sudden, you know, the, that, num- that price is based a lot less on actual, you know, strength and true value, and it's totally based on, on perception market. and nothing more. Right. And you can't listen to, like they say, Mr. Market. Don't let Mr. Market influence you or, or, or make your decisions for you. You, you know, there's a, a team has value or it doesn't. A team's worth a certain price. That's it. And that's how I think you need to compare it. Not what the market tells you it is, but well, in those events that you're talking about, the market dictates the price, I think, before the betters do. And you can pick up, you know, added value for you. Uh, like we said, inflated lines, you know, you're, you're getting, sure. you can pick up dogs. And, History will say that it's going to migrate to the favorites. You know, the right, public right. bets favorites and the public bets over-unders, they're going to bet the overs. And I think over-unders maybe are even a better value because, you know, Vegas, gonna, yeah, you know Vegas gonna, numbers yeah, are yeah. sharp to start exactly. with on totals. Exactly. And then when the public moves a total, a point or two points, you're, you're getting added max, value to begin value, with. value, sure. And uh, you're going to find the value in the unders a lot of times. Um, another situation where a big-time sporting event gets you even more value. When you're betting the things that we all just talked about, you're getting a line. Instead of getting four or five, you might be getting six. That's added value. But it's still the same risk and return. You're laying 110 well, 10 to, to win 100. 100. Yeah. But there is a situation where it's different, where there's what I like to call dead money. And it, it's, it makes an overlay in the betting pools. And that's talking horse racing. And not, you know, really, there's only two big horse races that this really comes into play. The first one is obviously the Kentucky Derby. That's the biggest horse race. Everybody and anybody knows of the Kentucky Derby, whether you've ever bet it or you're you're a horse. You're right. Because, you know, that first Saturday in May, it's an event. I bet it every year, and I'm not a horse guy. Because you want to be a part of the action. Yeah. That's three minutes in sports. They, the most, it's actually the most exciting two minutes, minutes in sports. sports. And, you know, I'm not and, a horse guy. And, you know, you know, I but I'm I, dead money. You're, you are. Well, I, you it's know, true. I think, I think you're a little sharper than dead money. But what happens is you've got little old ladies betting horses by names, by colors. Numbers, uh, sure. Numbers. And you get money in, into a pool. Um, where it happens is... Sharps that like to play the exactas or trifectas and such, you could have 
two horses run one-two that are the stone-cold favorites. And on a normal given day at that racetrack, the return on that exacta might be $17 for the two favorites running in there. But because there's so much extra money in the betting pool and so many dead combinations because people are betting exactas with right, names right. or they're betting their birthdays and such, that stone-cold $17 exacta might be $35. And is that why professional bettors like yourself, you're in the horses, you guys always run to days like that and start playing pick sixes and, Absolutely. and stuff like that because there's so much more value and extra and, dead money. And, and when you say like the pick sixes, if there's during, you know, we're talking about a special The main event, events, sure, sure, sure. The Kentucky Derby. The second horse race would be the Belmont if there's a triple crown on the line. People will flock to the Belmont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the Derby because they want to see history. Sure, sure. But... You brought up a good point about a pick six. Um, if tracks have carryovers, if something, you know, if it's not hit, the pool keeps building until somebody hits it. Well, there are syndicate betting groups sure. that whenever a pool gets to a certain size, they will go in, put oh, yeah. their money together, and play extra combinations to try to hit the pick six or a, a super effective carryover, whatever, because they know that when the public sees that there's extra money and the racetracks advertise on the radio and so forth, there's a carryover sure, it's listed sure. in the newspaper. They know that more people are going to take their shot. Their it's shot just like playing the lotto. Right. When you when know the lotto goes $100 million, there's you'll more. drive the state line and play. Exactly. So there's more money in there, and they can get a better return on their money if even if the favorites come in. So it, it's value. It's all about value betting. And these are the times that sharp bettors, and that's what events. we try to preach at pregame, is we want to educate people to not only how to handicap, but there's times when to handicap. You know, so this is the opposite, where people expect that big event's going to have the sharpest line. You know, like the Super Bowl should be the sharpest number. It's the biggest bet sporting event of the year. So that should have the sharpest number. But It'll start that way. But nothing could be further from the truth once the money starts the piling money in. Especially on the Super Bowl, where you're talking, there's two weeks of hype. Yeah. The game, the game starts, and you'll see a line. Sure, you just move, sure, move, move, sure. And then how many times, you know, for for twelve days, yep. a line's been going like this. And then those last two days, when when yeah. the sharps finally All figure of a sudden, that the, the, the market, gears, they, they come in and take that value, max it out, and, and, yep. and get the inflated line. They may even have worked themselves a middle. Yeah, they may know that you know the popular team is going to be the team with Peyton Manning or Sean sure, Brady, sure. whatever, and they may get in front of get the ahead move, of the market, get ahead of the move as soon as it comes but out. The intentions are to get the value late, coming back late. So. You know, a lot of people Good say stuff. that these are the, the worst situations, but really, if you're a smart better, you look for these type of spots to make money. And this is the continuing series of how to handicap and bet properly from pregame.com. He is Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. Thanks for watching, and we'll be back down the road with more handicapping tips. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. Welcome to This Week in Vegas, a better's view. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Vegas Runner. 
Well, it's the week after. I'm here. We're here. We're here. We survived. Yep. They didn't lose me on the top of the Caesars <laughs> no. for no. the bachelor party. No. VR got me to the altar on time. On time, on, baby. On Friday. Uh, great bachelor party Wednesday night. Awesome time. Crazy, awesome crazy time. week. I want to give shout-outs to your boys. They're a good group of guys, man. Uh, I got a chance to get to meet them all, you know, because we hung out those two days and, you know, hanging out and enjoying yourself. You get to know someone, you know, the real person. There's some really good guys, dude, some, like, genuine, true people that are like my kind of people dude we we had a great time uh vr took care of the bachelor party we we had a great night we went out to dinner rj and all my boys vr and let me tell you this boy wednesday night he shows up at the bellagio to go to dinner I, I thought the mafia showed up. He, <laughs> he came sporting the, the suit with the pinstripe. I was waiting from the pool with the machine gun out from underneath the coat. Um, it was a great time, man. VR was ready. And, ready to go, baby. You know, walked into the club and, uh, you know, it was like, uh, I don't know, they must have seen the CNBC. We took over. The CNBC special. We or took over, I'll tell you, you that. Know, VR the was like a celebrity. The rest of that was pissed. <laughs> it was like everyone was in that one corner and but, dudes were just pissed. You know, it, it was a great time. Friday, a great wedding, too. You know, Friday, you know, perfect weather for the, you know, Beautiful. Thursday. It was Thursday. It was raining and windy and, you know, because it was an outdoor wedding. And then Friday, just thank God, was spectacular. Perfect. Dude. And uh, I, I want to give a shout out. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I got to I'm married, but I got I got <laughs> I got to give some props to Mrs. Marco. <laughs> Mrs. Um, Marco. Uh, Lori, I mean, my boys were in town. We got we got married on Friday. And I got to say, there's not many women that would get married on Friday and on Saturday tell their husband of less than 24 hours, go with your boys, play cards all weekend. And, you know, my guys traveled a we'll long way. We'll pick it up after the weekend. Yeah. You know, you know, we got the rest of our lives together, and and I thank her for that because it was a great time. I had a lot of guys staying at our house, and, and you were looking forward to it. I mean, these I, guys flew; they have their families, their jobs, and they didn't just come for the day. They came to like celebrate the and, weekend and with out. you and stuff. In Saturday, you know, the big thing was Saturday. We all went down to the Aria, uh, entered the the tournament. Saturday, there was like a hundred players in the tournament. Me and all my boys. And uh, I gotta say, uh, Marco was last man standing out of the group. Not Mike. You know, no, Mike. Uh, Mike went out twenty second. Uh, I went out eleventh. Wow. I, I, we were right on the final table. Why, it, it, it was sick, brother. Let wow. me tell you. I walked out talking to myself. Uh, this one guy was shoving the whole way. Talking to myself. I, I, I couldn't ask for a better situation. We got it all in pre-flop. He had ace ten. I had pocket tens. He's drawn to three cards. That's it. That's it. Flop comes ace. king, queen, and I'm like, no, don't. give him the ace. Do, go ahead and do me that Not way. The jack. Don't bring the jack. Yeah. And Marco was one jack off because he <laughs> he got the jack on the turn for the straight and yeah. out of the tournament. Missed the final table. Missed the money by one. I you know I double up there like I'm supposed to. I'm going to the final table with, with a, chips with with you, muscle. Yeah. You you don't want me at the final table with, with muscle. Chips. And but at least I had the satisfaction of the bragging rights from all my boys. Yeah. All my boys. That's why you didn't. So, you took it. Okay. 
Okay. You know? So, Mark, Glenn, Mike, you know, my nephew, Richie, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> I got there. And, uh, That's what Jim, in Vegas Jim and Andrea, you. you know, everybody that was there. Thanks, you guys, for, you know, coming, you know, playing in the tournament and everything. Great time. My boys all made money with the cash games. I love it. When my friends come and they, like, make money to be on vacation. Nothing better than that. My buddy Mike, you know, you, you got to know him, the, the poker. And I'll make a prediction. Mike will be in Vegas someday. Yeah, that dude should move here. Yeah, I he saw it, it in his eye. He wants to be here. He went on a card run on Sunday that was just absolutely sick. I've never seen anybody catch cards the way he did. I mean, we made the joke when I took him to the airport Monday that we had to stop by the emergency room to surgically get the horseshoe removed from his ass because he would set off the metal detector. Everything just kept coming. He was getting good. He had pocket aces, back-to-back hands. He got them cracked for a $400 pot the first hand, and he got aces right back, and he made it look like he was, you know, steam betting, you know, and he was just firing away, and they called him down, got it, got it all back in the next hand, and uh, he had a great day, Cash, and his final hand of the day, when he, he called me, you know, because I had went back home uh, to pick up Lori and that for dinner, Royal Flush. He, he had to work. Wow. Unfortunately, we're playing at Aria where they don't have high hand bonuses. Yeah. He would have had. He would you know would have been playing anyplace else. Yeah, he would would've have had a high hand bonus. So it was a great time. Marco was tired. These boys had me out. I hear you. you're ready. Right, you you had me out until four. You know yeah, I didn't. Took, good thing I had in the middle to recover. Thursday yeah, was we had Thursday to recover. You had me out till almost four on the bachelor party night, and then of course. Friday night was a late night because, I mean, the wedding reception ended at 11.30, but then I had all my boys from Pittsburgh, and, I, you know, I wanted to do it, you know, sure, treat them sure. to something. And, again, you know, the Mrs. Marco, very interesting. We rented a stretch Hummer uh, limo, and we plowed in that thing, and we had it stocked with champagne. We were cruising the Las Vegas Strip Good Friday times. night. We, you know, we cruised around for three hours in in the the limo, drinking. Was we, we did the whole. You know, we made it the tourist. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure, sure. We, you know, we parked the limo in front of the the Las Vegas Welcome to Las Vegas sign. You know, the same sign that we did your Meet the Pros, where where VR standing in front of the Tell sign. Me whose city yeah, it is? Says, Welcome. This is my let, city. Let you know whose town you're in. <laughs> so. For Friday night, I borrowed your town, and uh, we <laughs> I you know, we lived it out. We lived it up. It was good, and uh, you know, next week uh, you'll you know, be going on a little vacay, going on the official honeymoon. So uh, we, you know, I had my weekend with the boys. Now, you know, Lori, Mrs. Marco will get a little time away with the big guy. The undivided attention that she deserves. Yeah, so, I hear that again. Thanks to everybody, and I want to thank everybody in the forum. She made a, a, a gorgeous. Bride, a very beautiful it, bride. It was absolutely uh, perfect. You had a nice looking groom. I, I cleaned up, so, yeah, you know, you, you, you did. Bad, you know, You're very handsome on yeah, your wedding. You, know, you, you look, you look pretty good too. Thank but, you, brother. Uh, Thank you, Vegas runner and myself. We we do have our suits picked out for New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, you're gonna love these. Yeah, we're, we're, we want to do gonna, a podcast. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get these ones and uh, do up uh, New Year's Eve and stuff. You're ready for the derby. I could tell. 
Derby's coming up, and uh, we're going to do a little special podcast. I'm going to have a special podcast. Uh, it'll be up uh, solo today. Uh, Marco uh, will be breaking down the Derby. I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm interested to watch it. Uh, you, Marco asked if I want to be a part of it, but honestly, I, I know my limitations. And when it comes to horses, if I get information from someone or something like that, I'll bet it. Last year, I hit the Kentucky Derby, but... It would look like a child and a man when you talk horses. This guy been in horses his entire life. So I said, how about I not ruin, bring it down a notch and let it be at the top level. So I'm honestly, I'm really looking forward to your Kentucky Derby break. Well, we'll have that, uh, you know, is available as well. And remember, you can catch all of our podcasts, not just this week in Vegas, but you go to pregame.tv, you get all of the podcasts from Vegas Runner and myself, and we break down, you know, the games, the big games of the week. Sure, in, free uh, picks. Handicapping uh, tips. So we did a segment on, you know, betting special events, the value. To, yeah, what to look that. for, sure. And, uh, so, you know, the free pick section up. alone is enough, dude. It's worth, worth the, the rate pricing. we're hitting. Price of admission. Sure. So, uh, again, I want to thank everybody in the forums. You guys, yeah. all the well wishes that everybody you know gave me. And, you know, pregame.com is a family. You know, we're in this stuff together. We all got one goal. We want to make yeah. money beating the Las Vegas books, and that's what we're here to do. So, on behalf of Vegas Runner, yours truly, Marco D'Angelo. Thanks for watching. We'll be back to the normal format. Well, actually. We're going to have a hiatus next week because uh, Marco's going to be oh, honest. So I get to kick you back. Know, you get to kick back next week. But we'll be back the following week with all of the podcasts and this week in Vegas. So thanks again, as always, for watching us. He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. We'll catch you in two weeks.